So our scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. This is one of my favorite um, Bible passages from the New Testament. I'll tell you why later. Um, I'm going to share um, my um, personal calling story um, with you all. Because, I mean, I I shared... um, my calling story with my fellow chaplains at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and, and young, very young. They were about like 17, 18 Army basic trainees. I call them trainees because they, are in the, they, are in the, they were in the basic training section. Um, so until they graduate basic train, trainee session, and I share my calling story to them. But I, I, don't, I don't think I have, I have shared anything with you guys. So I, I, feel, I feel really bad. Um, I'm sorry. So today is the day. All right, Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. Friends, brothers, and sisters in Christ, listen carefully for the reading of God's word. Soon after, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and great crowd went with Jesus. As he drew near to the gate of the town, and she was a widow, and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the coffin, and the people stood still. And he said, and Jesus said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. all they glorify, and they glorify God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. So, there are two two different groups of people and two journeys and two radically different destinations. One group of people has gathered around Jesus. I mean, we didn't, we didn't read the first six verses of Luke chapter 7, but there is a story that Jesus healed a centurion's servant at the town of Capernaum. They have seen his healing of the centurion's servant, and they are excited. Perhaps they were praising what the Lord has done for his people. Perhaps they were saying, praise be to God and the Father of, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. The second group, they surround a widow in her misery. They are not joyful and excited. Because this woman 
a widow has just lost everything. Everything. Absolutely everything of value to her. She lost her husband, and now that has taken her son. Well, we don't know. We don't know when her husband died. We don't know how he died. We don't know the pain. We don't know how long her son was sick. We have a little bit of an idea of what she is going through, but, 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 I mean, but not really. Not really. However, we know that she, does, she doesn't have anyone to protect her life in a man-dominate world. She has lost not only the person of her son, but the support and status and future that he provided. There is no future for her. She is crying, mourning the loss of her son, only child, the last of the family line. Of course, there is weeping. Wailing and walking to the various site, graveyard, and not knowing what's next. Not knowing what's next. She lost everything. And she is now alone, completely alone. No one's going to care for her. No one's going to provide anything to her. No one's going to support her. She's alone, completely alone. So now if you can if you can get this full picture of what's going on, it's almost like too much too much to bear. And now Jesus met a woman who has experienced uh, a tragedy and said something that he should have not said to this woman. So she just met this woman and he said something that he should have not said to this woman. It seems like he made a huge mistake. Let me tell you why. Let me read verse 13. It says, And when the Lord saw her, when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. If you read this verse in Greek, it's Jesus literally say, Do not cry. Hey, stop crying. Jesus said, Jesus saw her and said, Hey, stop crying. Are you kidding me, Jesus? <laughs> do not weep. Do not cry. Stop crying. What are you talking about? She just, she just lost her son. One and only son. And she's a widow. 
She is, I mean, she's now alone, completely alone. Why did you say that, Lord? Don't tell her not to cry. She should cry. Instead of telling her not to cry, you should be weeping, you should be crying with this widow. I think I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just think about it. If you go to almost any, any, almost any um, funeral <laughs> and to tell the pe- family member to stop crying, I mean, just say it and we'll see what's going to happen to you. I'm pretty sure that you will be considered heartless and unkind. Even if you say it in the most compassionate way. But we know that Jesus is not heartless. He's not not insensitive. The text says that he had compassion on her. That is why he told her not to cry. Jesus has compassion on this woman. Meaning he feels, he knows, and understands her pain. Jesus, know the sor- um, Jesus knows the sorrow and pain of losing a loved one. The Bible doesn't say to us, the Bible doesn't really tell us, but many scholars, many New Testament scholars, assume that Jesus lost his earthly father, Joseph, when he was, when he was young. Because there, 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 I mean, if you look at the New Testament, there's not really like many stories about Joseph. So the scholars assume that Jesus lost his earthly father, Joseph, when he was Young. If that is the case, if that is the truth, Jesus knows the pain of losing a loved one. Jesus knows what she's going through better than anyone else. And he is there to help in telling her not to weep. He is telling her to trust him. He knows what he's doing. He's in control. He wants to comfort her. Then Jesus came up and touched the coffin. And and those who carried the dead man stood still. Now, can you hear the gossip in the crowds of disciples? Can you hear it? I mean, Jesus touched the coffin where the dead body laid. I mean, what does, what does Jewish law say about touching a dead body? It says that doing so made that person unclean. But Jesus came and touched the, op, the, the, um, the open coffin. In so doing... He took the taint of death upon himself. But Jesus is never concerned with etiquette. He doesn't really care about the law. 
His only concern was to comfort the mourning a widow who lost her son. So he touched the coffin. Friends, brothers, sisters in Christ, I want you to notice that this widow has not said a word yet. When Jesus says, stop crying. When Jesus touched a coffin, she didn't say anything. She has not asked for anything yet. She has not asked for any type of healing or any healing work. She has not thrown herself at the Savior's feet and begged for the life of her son. Unlike the centurion, she hasn't, she hasn't demonstrated great faith. She hasn't shown any faith at all. As far as we know, maybe she doesn't really know who Jesus is. <laughs> Which makes Christ's next word so astounding. She doesn't know anything about Jesus. She hasn't shown <laughs> her faith. But this is what Jesus said. Young man, I say to you, arise. Crazy man. That's why I call Jesus as a crazy man. It's crazy. What a crazy man in the world, huh? I mean, think about it. Like Jesus say, stop crying. To a widow who lost her son, he defied himself by touching the coffin, and now he's talking to a dead man, and and not just talking to him, but commanding him to rise. But then something happens. But then something happens which, may, which makes our eyes bug, which, which makes our bu- eyes bugs out and the jaws drop open. So he who was dead, he sat up and began to speak. He sat up and began to talk. I don't know what he really said. But he says something like, hey, mom, surprise, I'm back. What am I doing here? Where am I? Can we go home now? I'm good now. But Bible doesn't say anything about it. I'm just guessing. And Jesus present him to his mother. But there is a um, truth that I can tell you. If the woman, a widow, was crying before, 
because she lost her son. She really starts crying now again. Not tears of sorrow, not tears of pain, but tears of joy. She has her son back. He who was dead had been restored to life and given to her once again. This is comfort. And Jesus says, after Jesus says, do not cry, he gives her reason to turn her tears into joy. Her sorrow into joy. This is true comfort. This is Christ-like compassion. It is unasked for. It is unsought for. It comes just when she needs it. Friends, brothers, sisters in Christ, have you ever gone through the time of suffering? Have you ever gone through the time of pain and sorrow? Like I said before, today is the day that I will share my personal calling story with you all. So those of you who are joining us in, on Zoom, now is the good time to go grab some coffee, cookie, popcorn if you want. Um, here, no. Just stay where you're at. All right? So I'll give you like a 10 seconds. Uh, just like I said before, um, I already shared this story um, with my fellow chaplains, my course manager, and um, my SGL, small group leader, SGL, and um, young um, Army basic trainees. They were about 17, 18, 19. Um, I met a soldier, I mean trainee, um, who was about like 25. Yeah, he was the oldest one. And I share this story um, with them, but not with you guys. So, I mean, it's kind of funny, right? Because you have me here, young pastor, future pastor, but you don't really know about me, my, my calling story. Like, that's, that's weird. So, just forgive me. <laughs> so, <clears throat> are we good? Okay, so um, there was a time that I lost the purpose of my life. There was a time that I lost the purpose of my life, my dream, my future, and hope. I lost everything. As you know, I'm a chaplain of the United States Army. It is officer. But this did not come easy for me. You may not know how much time, effort, and pain that I had to go through. You may not have any idea 
how much time, effort, and pain that I had to go through to stand here today. I believed and still believe that God has called me to be an army chaplain for the sons and daughters of the United States. But in the beginning, all I faced was racism and verbal abuse. People say something like, we don't need an Asian chaplain for the United States Army. I can't tell you more. And they say something like, you're not a native speaker. I am not. So what? And they say something like, you have a um, weird um, English accent. Of course, because I have different tongue than yours. And they say, you have a lot of weakness to be a chaplain. What do you think my life was like? What do you think my life was like? Can you imagine how I had felt when my final and one and only goal of my life was to become a chaplain in the United States Army? What do you think the next thing that I did? I was completely isolated from the communities that I was involved in. School, I was a seminary student. School, friends, church, soccer club. Later, I heard from my friend that some, some people thought, I mean, not some people, but a lot of people thought that I was dead. I was completely, completely isolated from the communities that I was involved in. I've been praying and asking God to take my life so that I can be free from the suffering and pain. I was... I was really scared. I was really afraid to kill myself. That's why I've been praying and asking God to take my life so that I can die peacefully. No future. Lost the purpose of life. No hope. No dream. No reason to live in this world. So do you know how I spend my day during this time? I sat in a corner in, a, in, in, in my room, crying 
blaming, thinking about killing myself, asking God to take my life, isolating myself from the communities which I was involved in, turn off my phone, and having a hard time to manage my anger. I had a really problem, I mean, really huge problem to manage my, with my anger. When I was going through times when leaving was more painful than dying, something happened to me. It was, it was a really quiet night, like three in the morning, I guess. I was sitting on my desk chair and telling God that I'm tired and exhausted. I'm tired and exhausted. But there was a voice that I was able to hear clearly through my heart. Not here, but through my heart. I heard, don't cry. You don't have to be, you don't have to cry. And that's what I heard. And there was a passage from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, came to my mind. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 to 13. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friends, brothers, and sisters in Christ, I can't speak very, I can't tell you very confidently. I met my Savior, Comforter, and Shepherd when I was going through the most painful time of my life. I can tell you that it was Jesus who said, then do not cry. Because I am with you. I didn't ask Jesus to come and speak to me. I simply asked him to take my life. Just kill me now. But Jesus came to me first, and he comforted me. And I believe that this was the time that I offered my life to God different way. I say, later on, I say, even if I'm going to lose my life, Even if you send me to the combat zone, the battlefield, 
I will go. Wherever you go. And where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people. I commit myself to God. And say, no matter what's going to happen to me, Lord, I will not, I will not abandon my calling. Friends, brothers, and sisters in Christ, if you are going through the most painful time of your life, if you are facing a tragedy, I want you to know this. Jesus knows, Jesus sees, even when everybody else does not. And he says to you today, or when that tragedy comes, do not cry, my son. Do not cry, my daughter. Even if we can't see God through our physical eyes, he is always and continually working in our lives. Behind the scenes, on look for, on ask to provide for us, and to meet our needs. When we are facing or going to face tragedy, he come and will come to us at the time and says, Do not cry, do not weep, let me turn your sorrow into joy. In John chapter 16, verse 20, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the word will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. It is just like this woman in in Luke chapter 7. She wept, and she was sorrowful. But on her way to graveyard, she met a party of rejoicing people. One of those was Jesus Christ, who turned her sorrow of joy. I mean, into joy. She didn't ask for it. She didn't seek it. Jesus did for her out of love and compassion. How about our lives for today? Are you afflicted? Are you hurting? One truth that I can tell you is Jesus hurts with you. No human being can say the right words or do the right thing in what you are facing, but only Jesus can. Only Jesus can say to you, do not cry. And let your and do not let your heart be troubled. I will give you comfort.
Only Jesus can say this to you. Not me, not Pastor Norman, but only Jesus can say to you. Only he can raise you up from the ashes of grief and bring joy to your troubled heart. Only Jesus. So our job is, is what? To know who Jesus is. What it means to believe in Jesus. It's your homework, not my homework. And I'm I'm not going to do your homework. What do you say about Jesus when people ask you, hey, who Jesus is? What did he do for you? What are you going to say? What are you going to say about Jesus Christ? What do you know about him? How you discover Jesus. If I ask you to complete a sentence, Jesus as blank, what are you going to put into this blank? You know it. I don't know it. You know what you're going to put. Only Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Like this verse. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And he is with you today and he will be with you. Forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray.